Thanks to Trade Coffee for supporting the Apple Bits XL. Get fresh roasted and ethically sourced beans from America's best independent roasters, and Trade Coffee ships free to you as often as you like, whole or ground. Right now, Trade Coffee is offering a total of $20 off your first three bags when you go to drinktrade.com slash applebits. And thanks to Coinbase for supporting the podcast as well. Cryptocurrency might feel like a secret or exclusive club, but Coinbase believes that everyone everywhere should be able to get in the door. Whether you've been trading for years or just getting started, Coinbase can help. For a limited time, new users can get $10 in free Bitcoin when you sign up today at coinbase.com slash applebits. All right, everybody, let's get to the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's the AppleBits XL. Brian Tong here, a.k.a. BTZ, doing it nice, slow, and easy. Thank you so much for coming out, everybody. This is episode 206. Can you believe it? So this is the place where you want to find out all about the latest the big stories inside the Apple world and the tech world as a whole each week. We're going to jump into it, and I think this week is going to be interesting because uh, Apple might have shown their cards off a little early, which is kind of what they tend to do before a keynote. Now, before we get to that, just some orders of business. Be a part of the show. Don't be shy. All you got to do is call in, record a voice memo at applebitsshow at gmail.com, send it in, and we will read it. If you feel like talking, if not, don't even worry about it, but send it in applebitsshow at gmail.com. That's applebits with a Z. And this show is brought to you by you. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you can support my show and support my content just kind of all of it as a whole. You allow me to keep on doing this. You get early access to my content, bonus rewards at different levels, and a completely ad-free version of the show. Plus, we are ramping up right before the Apple announcement, which is expected right now on March 8th. We're going to do one of our one-hour kind of exclusive Zoom hangouts to talk about everything, and maybe we'll talk about the uh, Book of Boba Fett. I mean, we really just talk about whatever you want. It's a really great community. So thank you, all of you, for supporting. It starts at $2 per month, $5, which is a cup of coffee, $10, $25, or the $100 Platinum Apple level. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you support my content. And I continue to just always say thankful and be grateful. And it's up to me to keep on bringing it for you all. All right, let's get into the stories. And I think the big story that kind of hit this week, really, was the fact that Apple... Apple basically confirmed that there are three new Macs coming and they should be coming pretty darn soon. Apple filed three new unreleased Mac computers into the Eurasian economic database ahead of when the company is typically expected to hold an event. So that happened, right? That was actually confirmed. The three new Macs were listed with the model numbers A2615, A2686, and A2681. All three part numbers or model numbers are listed as running Mac OS Monterey, which tells you that, hey, everybody, these are Macs. They have never been announced before. There are no other details provided. And again, the reason why this happens and this has now become really a great indicator of when Apple's doing something new is that Apple has to file these new products in the Eurasian economic database and it's required by law for any products that have any type of encryption involved in it. Last month, we saw what is expected to be an upcoming iPhone SE and the next generation iPad Air. And so when you also look at these three-part numbers, when you look at the breakdown of how they were filed, 
again, right? This is these are expected to be targeting March if that date does hold in. What March eighth is the rumored date, so we're I guess around two and a half. Are we around two and a half weeks from that timeline? And I can't wait to you know just basically review, talk, and play with some new products. But this Eurasian Economic Commission, as they revealed this, along with the iPhones and the iPads last month, the Mac numbered A two six eight one is specifically described as a portable computer. This clarification is not provided for the other two model numbers, which are A2615 and A2686. Those are expected to be desktop computers. So if we narrow it down now, based on the evidence that we have specifically from the filing, which comes from Apple, we're looking at one laptop and two desktops. So then a story recently came out that was leaked out and people are like, whoa, 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 what's going on here? Apple, one of those machines, and what we appear, based on putting all the pieces together, Apple's expected to unveil a new 13-inch M2 MacBook Pro with an unchanged design next month at their Apple Spring event. The expectation is that this machine, this laptop, will be one of the new machines to debut Apple's latest M2 Apple Silicon processor, but If you're talking about, okay, what's new in the hardware other than an M2 chip? And we're talking about the 13-inch MacBook Pro with no major design changes, which is the MacBook Pro that still has a touch bar, right? This is according to a source with close links to the Apple chain supply. And this is the same source that was the first to report that the MacBook Pro would be getting a notch on it. And I think that rumor basically dropped less than three or four days before the official announcement and everyone said what really like is this true and it it ended up being true so the source of this information seems to be pretty reliable same design as the current 13 inch macbook pro touch bar this is not based on the new physical architecture or anything related to the 14 inch and 16 inch models that we just saw recently it's not going to have a promotion 120 hertz display this is literally just popping in an M2 into this machine. And then, right, okay, well, what could be the desktops? If if you recall, when Apple first rolled out the M1, there were three machines that it debuted in. A 13-inch MacBook Air, a 13-inch MacBook Pro, and a Mac Mini. So we don't have any official information. No one is putting this out. Everyone says, yeah, we expect to see some Macs at this event, I'm going to guess that we could potentially be seeing one new rumored 13-inch MacBook Pro with an M2, and what if the other two models are just two different models of the Mac Mini? And who knows if they're going to position this as the Pro Mac Mini? I wouldn't even be surprised if this was a Mac Mini that is the new Mac Mini, and maybe, I don't I don't think it would be a Mac Mini Pro, but this I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna hedge my bets that the two models left are just gonna be different Mac Mini models. So, because also if this is gonna be an entry level MacBook Pro, which has been rumored for a long time, but no one had ever been very clear whether it would be a new design or an previous design. This is gonna be, and it's it again. This kind of reminds me of oh, this is a classic Apple move. 
let's not forget and pretend like this is not who they are anymore. Saving money, costs, and expenses and introducing a lower-priced entry-level machine that's using the physical parts and hardwares that whose costs have gone down over time because of production and making it an entry-level machine. Like, if you're... if I don't want to call this the MacBook Pro SE, but this is like the MacBook Pro SE compared to how the iPhone SE is in that lineup. There were rumors that the M2 chip would come in here. That's most likely. There are no actual, there's not too much chatter about at least what this new Mac mini could hold other than what we've heard as far back as June of last year with that new kind of, um, slimmer body, more ports on the back, a potential magnetic um, power plug for the Mac Mini, and then a design that has kind of like a a shiny finished plexiglass top with a metal body frame. But beyond that, M2, M2, performance-wise, we don't know the exact performance, but some people have been estimating where it could fall, and the assumption is that maybe in single-core score, it may be in single core score, it could get close to performance of what the M1 Pro and M1 Max have. But then when it comes to multi-core processing, it won't even be able to touch those. So more than anything, we're looking at better efficiency, maybe even better power efficiency with this new M2 and a little bit of a speed boost over the M1, but overall the chip is more efficient. Therefore, you get gains, but it's it's not taking it to an M1 Pro, M1 Max level gain. At least that's what the speculation out there is. We we have seen no benchmarks for these machines. But as of now, what we're, what we're, as this spring event is coming together, it looks like an iPhone SE, an iPad Air, a new M2 MacBook Pro 13-inch with the same design as the previous touch bar version and then potentially Mac Mini. And if I if I looked at that lineup, that seems like a very solid lineup to get the year started with. And it allows them to kind of hype up the coming of the new M2, show comparisons of what the M2 was versus the original M1 launch, and for people to be like, wow, but also position it as a consume, more consumer, prosumer product, but not the high-end pro product. And then whenever we get to potential iMac Pro, you can put in an M1 Max or an M1 Pro in the iMac Pro. You you don't have to go to M2 Pro yet. Just wait. Because ultimately you put that M1 or M sorry, M1 Max or M1 Pro in there, they're gonna be pretty damn impressive for whatever those future machines are. So you kind of gotta start 2022, get people warm, get people excited, and set up what else is to come this year. So it all it all makes complete sense to me. If that's not exciting for you, that's okay. I don't I don't we haven't heard anything, but may, maybe I don't think we'll see a MacBook Air here. The only other curveball you could say is if those three part numbers are all three different computers, the assumption is hey, then let's just roll out an M1 Mac Mini and I uh, sorry, an M2 Mac Mini an M2 MacBook Pro 13-inch, and an M2 MacBook Air, but we've all heard that the new MacBook Airs 
will with an M2 are going to be completely redesigned, which could show up maybe uh, around WWDC or spring or in the fall event, because typically we've seen laptops come out in the fall kind of before the back to school season, because then that makes them prime for purchase in that window of time. But a lot, a lot of, a lot of stuff happening before March, iPhone SE, iPad air, MacBook Pro 13-inch, Mac Mini. Though those seem like the strong the strong the strong bets hedging into March the 8th. And I know it's still early in the year. I mean, you're probably wondering, "Oh, like I want to see something new." I, I'm excited and very curious to see the M2 performance from the M1 knowing that at as of now and most likely until the end of the year, having an M1 Max MacBook Pro is still the fastest machine out on the market as of now. I think I think everyone feels good about that. If you're wondering, hey Apple, wh- where's the innovation? You're just putting a new processor in the new machines. Well, the M the the M2 the Apple chip has changed everything for Apple. Apple is now an exciting company when it comes to the Mac. Where I you know it just wasn't too long ago where the Mac was just there. It was like, oh, I guess I'll upgrade because it's a little faster. You know, now now the Mac is one of the most exciting pieces of their lineup, and it's quite honestly, it's the iPhone that has plateaued and is kind of like, ah, I'll eventually get another iPhone. Like, who who would have guessed that? That all of a sudden the Mac would, out of nowhere, kind of take back the energy and interest for Apple. You know, where the iPhone is is a crucial part of our lives and people are upgrading, but they're not saying, oh my God, this is the most amazing product I've seen. Now it's like, oh, it's so good and I'm going to keep on upgrading because it's so good. And that's that's fine. As long as they make the sale, Apple's fine with that. If you're talking about progress that Apple's making behind the scenes, you know, we hear so much about patents that Apple's been approved for and maybe we, then it kind of lets us speculate, oh, how are they going to integrate this? Who knows what they're going to do or not? According to a new report, Apple was granted 2,541 patents in the U.S. last year for 2021. That's according to the IFI claims report. Only six other companies had more. Those six companies, at number one, IBM at 8,682 patents. Samsung Electronics at 6,366. Canon Inc., the camera company. 3,021 patents. Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing, or known as TSMC, who helps produce Apple's processors, 2,798 patents. Huawei Technologies Company, out in China, 2,770 patents. And Intel, 2,615 patents. So those are the top six. Apple comes in at seven with 2,541 patents granted. Below them, LG, Microsoft, Qualcomm, BOE, that's the uh, display group. Toyota, Samsung is at 13, Amazon at 14, and so on and so on. Micron Technology at 15, Sony at 16. So it ranked in the top 50 US patent assignees. And again, this doesn't indicate a lot of the times the patents that we talk about, they don't they don't necessarily happen, right? They're fun concepts, concepts. I mean, we've been talking about an iPhone charging on the surface of a MacBook or charging on the surface of an iPad, I think for like three or four years. And 
the latest rumors around the iPad Pro, maybe that's coming this year, would be that it had wireless charging built inside the iPad Pro. And who knows if it's going to be, you know, bi-directional, but cool. If it has a big enough battery, what if we could finally just lay down our phone on our iPad Pro to charge it? The thing is that at least the current batch of iPhones, the iPhone 13 Pro lineup, damn, that battery gets me pretty much through the day past 11 p.m. every day, unless I'm doing something heavy like I'm at Disneyland and I'm using the video camera and photos all the time, messaging constantly throughout the entire day. That's that's really been the only time where I've legitimately needed a battery juice backup plug-in during the middle of the day. Otherwise, based on how we're living today, my iPhone gets me through 11 p.m. easy. It's crazy. So we'll see. But Apple Computers, lucky number seven for most patents granted in the U.S. for 2021. All right, let's give a big thanks again to Trade Coffee for supporting the podcast. 90% of coffee from the grocery store is actually stale. You heard that right. The coffee you know and think you love needs an upgrade. So instead of rebuying the same old, same old, let Trade Coffee send you something freshly roasted that you're literally guaranteed to love. Trade sells the freshest roasted and ethically sourced beans from America's best independent roasters. They ship free to you as often as you like, whole or ground. Whether you're a coffee nerd or just want a better daily cup, Trade's real coffee experts taste test over 400 roasts and use technology to match to you your ideal coffee based on your preferences and brewing method. Take the coffee quiz to get started. Trade Coffee guarantees you'll love your first bag or they'll replace it for free. Trade has been featured by the New York Times, Wired, GQ, and has delivered over 5 million bags of coffee. Now, I've used Trade Coffee for over the past year and it just doesn't get any fresher for me. And the delivery to your door makes it super easy. And for someone who likes coffee but isn't an expert, the coffee quiz just helped me narrow down the choices that I would have never picked for myself. Now, I recently tried Equator's Eye of the Tiger Espresso. It has a creamy base and then these hints of citrus and ripe fruit. And it was so good. So for our listeners right now, Trade Coffee is offering a total of $20 off your first three bags when you go to drinktrade.com slash applebits. To get started, take the quiz at drinktrade.com slash applebits and start your journey to your perfect cup that's drinktrade.com slash applebits for $20 off your first three bags and thanks again to our friends at coinbase for supporting the show do you identify as crypto curious well if you thought about entering the world of cryptocurrency but felt a little overwhelmed coinbase makes learning to buy and sell simple Coinbase offers a trusted and easy-to-use platform to buy, sell, and spend cryptocurrency. They support the most popular digital currencies on the market and make them accessible to everyone. They offer portfolio management and protection, learning resources, and a mobile app so you can trade securely and monitor your crypto all in one place. Millions of people in over 100 countries trust Coinbase with their digital assets. Whether you're looking to diversify, just getting started, or searching for a better way to access crypto markets, start today with Coinbase. For a limited time, new New users can get $10 in free Bitcoin when you sign up today at coinbase.com slash Applebits. Sign up at coinbase.com slash Applebits for $10 in free Bitcoin. This offer is for a limited time only, so be sure to sign up today. That's coinbase.com slash Applebits. All right, you want to hear some iPhone 14 Pro news that will get some people excited and get some people to just roll their eyes? Okay. Get excited about this. The iPhone 14 Pro will feature 8 gigs of RAM, 
according to a unverified report coming out of Asia, but that would be the most memory ever offered in an iPhone. The most ever. It was posted on a Korean blog called Naver and citing that their sources were from the supply chain. The iPhone 14 Pro's memory components have now been confirmed by that supply chain source and added that it is scheduled for mass production and appears to be accelerating. Now, this same source said that Apple's planning to launch a new iPad mini model with an 8.7-inch display and a chassis with an increased width and reduced height compared at least to the fifth-generation iPad mini, which we saw in the second half of 2021. So we'll see how you know strong their sources are. But if you look at it, does the RAM and the way that Apple system handles it, does it matter? Well, I'm going to say it's going to help, but most of us will never see it. I mean, the iPhone 13, if we just recently had it tested head-to-head with a Galaxy Samsung's Galaxy S22, and the iPhone outperformed it, the S22 has had 8 gigs of RAM since its launch of the S10 in uh, 2020, sorry, in 2019. So, okay, fine, 8 gigs of RAM would bring it on par with the latest offering from Samsung. But the thing about Apple's chips and the way that they manage RAM, remember, I had the very first M1 MacBook Pro 13-inch, and it only had 8 gigs of RAM. And if you never told me it had 8 gigs of RAM based on its performance and the speed of rendering out videos, I would have never known. And then when I found out it had 8 gigs of RAM, I I thought it had maybe... I thought it had 16 minimum. It only had eight and it was cruising through 4K. It was performing great. And again, most users won't even need that. So when you we talk about the iPhone, okay, is there is there a point where it really needs eight gigs of RAM? I think we've talked about this with other guests as well. It's more about their software and also this whole issue of my touchscreen kind of sometimes just not working has crept back up. And I can't remember, I don't know if it's with the latest software update, but I've had a few moments now where my touchscreen again just stops working. And I'm just like, oh, are you serious, man? Like, are you serious? Is this really happening again? So I'm more concerned about Apple fixing their software issues before I start cheering or caring about eight gigs of RAM in an iPhone or eight gigs of memory, unified memory, however they're going to approach it um, this year, if it's any different. I mean, it's not going to be, but I don't I don't really care. Also 2022 a mini LED iMac Pro could launch in June. That's according to analyst Ross Young who's very reputable. He says that Apple's been working on a large screen version of the iMac for months. Now we you know everyone's been waiting for this new iMac Pro. There've been reports that it'd been pushed out maybe towards the summer. I don't expect us to see it at this spring Apple event, in case you're wondering. So I wouldn't put your hopes up for that. The rumors initially thought that it might come out in spring, but more and more reports have pushed it out to sometime in summer. And a recent report even from Rashung had said that, hey, uh, the Apple panel shipments themselves were expected to begin in June, and then that launch could be maybe in August or September. So maybe they announce them in June, and then they get released later. 
that remains to be seen. Supply chain is getting better, but it's still not as fast as it used to be. So some of the information about that is that Rashung also said the mini LED iMac Pro could have around 1,000 zones and over 4,000 mini LEDs inside of it. So the best way to, you know, when we talk about all this display tech is again for me, OLED gets the deepest, inkiest blacks. I love OLED, and if you can get your room dark enough, it's fantastic. But most people live in more ambient light, brighter living rooms and areas. Quite honestly, a mini LED TV, LCD-based TVs are going to perform better because they can be brighter and kind of battle that brightness, where, where it's a fact that OLEDs can tend to get a little lost when it's too bright. And they're improving OLED technology to be better in bright conditions, but mini LED is going to actually be better in those situations. So, and it's also, you know, it's not an organic based display, so it should have a little better longevity from that standpoint, but it just doesn't get as deep as those like black as black, inky blacks. That just matters. And when you see it, when you turn off your lights and you're watching a TV and if, the the bars on top you know of your movie that you're watching on a blu-ray or you're streaming if those aren't pitch black dark to match what pitch black dark is in your room then you'll understand like oh those are not deep inky blacks that's what you want and it is i don't know it's so messed up i'm i i, I don't want to say i'm a snob about it but i i feel good when i say inky blacks i'm like i'm getting the best the best uh visual representation that i can get but if daylight's coming through it drowns it out and it makes it actually hard to see. So iMac Pro, maybe June, definitely looking more towards a summertime frame and not this spring. I mean, I can't tell you how many people still just ask me about the iMac all the time. In an interview with Billboard, Apple's vice president of Apple Music and Beats, Oliver Schusser, has said that more than half of Apple Music listeners are using spatial audio. And my assumption is that more than half of those users, or how about more than, yeah, more than half of those users who are using spatial audio have no idea that they're using spatial audio. So some kind of cool notes from this interview came out of it. Apple had committed to making their entire collection of roughly around 75 million songs available in lossless, and that is now happened. So the entire Apple Music catalog is available in lossless, but there's only a few devices that you can actually listen to it and listen to lossless quality if your ear can even identify it. Uh, one of them is a HomePod. One of them is the actual through the iPhone speakers, which I throw my hands up when I say that because lossless or not, you're not going to be able to tell through just listening through the speakers coming out of your iPhone. That's that's not happening. Uh, lossless audio does not work over Bluetooth and over any protocol that wireless protocol that Apple has right now. So to me, it's time in 2022, if Apple is investing in lossless, that they release a new generation of wireless transmission for media, whether it's called AirPlay 3 and it has a higher bandwidth, that remains to be seen, whether it's only products that they equip with Wi-Fi 6E. Um, but it really comes down to the AirPlay standard going from something like AirPods or AirPods Max from an iPhone to actually hear losses. And again, 
uh, you may or may not even be able to really detect lossless. It's, it's that subtle. The other thing, though, that was fun is, like, I think spatial audio is great. I'm by no means someone who knocks it, but I'd also be the first person that says, depending on the mix of the track, sometimes it sounds better and sometimes it doesn't. And so you kind of, spatial audio can, sometimes can, you might want to pick your poison. Um, it can be, it can really be sound great with some songs and some music genres specifically. I think live music really shines with spatial audio, but kind of the more heavily produced music that we tend to hear more and more today doesn't necessarily shine as well. Google is launching their own privacy sandbox to limit ad tracking on Android. So we know that Apple, kind of the king who kind of really shook things up with their own app tracking transparency framework that launched uh, last year in iOS 14.5. And quite honestly, according to reports and according to Facebook, it cost them $10 billion in lost revenue or will cost them $10 billion in lost revenue this year because they're no longer able to target as effectively their customers because Apple's like, oh, you're not tracking our customers anymore. We're going to prevent you from knowing exactly who they are. So then it'll be harder for you to target them with these ads that they don't even want in the first place. So Google is announcing their own new kind of app tracking uh, policy called Privacy Sandbox. It offers more private advertising solutions. And the difference is that it's going to make it more difficult for advertisers to build and create a profile of a user for them to target advertising purposes. But it's not its not going to be as, I guess, harsh as Apple's just saying, you cannot be tracked at all. So they're limiting some of the app ability, but not cutting off privacy completely. Like Apple's uh, app tracking transparency framework requires all apps to ask for user consent before tracking them across other apps and websites. Google's Privacy Sandbox just limits some of that app ability. So they they think that their way has a little more tact and it's not just like this blunt, like just chop it off, you get nothing. Because guess what? They're in the business of our data. Like our data is their business. It's always been. Why do you think their services are free, y'all? So, and it's and it they are making billions of dollars doing this. So clearly, it's good for business. All right, our final story today: Apple officially obsoletes the very first iPad with a Lightning connector. That would be the fourth generation iPad. I look at this thing; it was such a skinny, slim. I mean, this is like peak Johnny Ive Apple. Make the iPad as slim as possible. But damn, that thing looked good. <laughs> it may not be as practical, but damn, that skinny iPad with like the um, curved edges that slope down. But you know, you get those really skinny edges. Whoo! It was like a sexy blade. So the fourth generation iPad marked internally at Apple as obsolete. Um, it had not actually been made public and put on their public list until this week so now you know pouring out for the ipad fourth generation and quite honestly for those of you that have it i'm sure it's working just fine you're probably doing everything you did with it before maybe the only thing is some games don't run as well but everything else 
my goodness, probably just runs smooth, smooth, like sweet, sweet smoothness. Okay, everybody, that is going to do it for this week's episode. Got to give a shout out to our Patreon supporters at the Platinum Apple level. That's the $100 Apple level. Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Frader, Jarrett Lewis, and Atari Koenigsegg. Thank you, all of you, for your amazing support. And thank you, everyone, for continuing to allow me to freaking do this for a living. Uh, yeah, I indebted you, and it's up to me to keep on cranking. I mean, the reality is that news has been a little slower, but my goal is always to get you guys and gals two to three to four pieces of content a week. But when it's slow, yeah, maybe is around closer to two or three. But and then sometimes when I'm doing other projects that kind of lead to other stuff, um, that that changes things. But overall, I mean, I keep on grinding for y'all, and I can't thank you enough for allowing me to do this. So patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you support all of my content and specifically with the podcast, early access to content, a completely ad-free version of the show. So you get no ads whatsoever and then rewards at different levels. And that's how you support. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for this week. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. We will talk to you soon. We'll be back again next week. Same bat time-ish, same bat channel. I mean, sometimes the time flips it depends on what's happening during the end of the week but we'll talk to you soon take care and be safe everybody it's the apple bits xl peace